This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, it's just as important as who you're betting with. Do the smart thing if you're going to bet football this season. Bet with my bookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you know you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year to do it. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's the promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling God, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Like to welcome you into another edition of Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank alongside Matt Siegel. You can get me on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Matt is at Showtime Cappers. And we have a whole lot of pigskin to break down on this Friday edition of Full Slate. We will look at the NFL Sunday and Monday night games as we have two, as per usual, to kick off the NFL season on the opening Monday night. And we have some intriguing non-conference college football matchups on Saturday, which we have to hit on as well. But Matt, it's good to chat again. And obviously today we are going to dive deep into the National National Football League, particularly the week one card. Certainly great to have the pigskin back at the professional ranks as well. Man, I'm happy, but you know, I, I didn't know I was going to be seeing as many uh, runs in some of these baseball games as, as touchdowns and points in this uh, football game. My gosh, but <laughs> but I, you know, I'm I, nonetheless I'm happy to have week one here. You know, I'm happy to be uh, college football coming to week two. Um, it's exciting times. Happy to happy to have September back. I just I can't wait to see what we have in store for the fall and the winter. Yes, no, certainly for I, I think professionals and recreational betters. It is the most enjoyable sport to wager on. and oh, yeah. Watching for sure. Watching for sure. And so here we go now for the next three, four, five months. Uh, we'll have football taking us all the way, of course, until early February. But we do want to start 
on the college ranks to just give a little bit of a look into week two across college football. And there are some intriguing non-conference games on the schedule. Of course, uh, Texas A&M visits Death Valley and takes on the Clemson Tigers. LSU traveling to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. Those are two very intriguing games. But Matt, before we get into our picks and those particular matchups, uh, is one thing we talked about last week. Just because those are some of the bigger games with the wide swath of options that you have in college football doesn't necessarily mean that you have to force something just because that might be the game you want to learn. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, everyone's eyes are going to be attracted to two ranked teams playing. And, you know, games are going to be on prime time. You're going to be watching with your buddies. You're going to be out at the bar watching whatever, you know. You don't have someone on the game, but that doesn't always make it the smartest play, you know. So you just got to pick and choose wisely and, you know, just make sure you're making your bet for the right reasons. So when we – let's get right into it then. And when we look at the college football card on Saturday coming up, there's a couple things that catch my eye. First, I want to talk about some system spots that we kind of hit on last week. Uh, and one of these, Matt, was a game that you were on regarding uh, an SEC team – out of conference, and it was the Ole Miss Rebels plus the five against the Memphis Tigers. I'm going to look the other way on a favorite in the SEC playing non-conference, and it's the Missouri Tigers. I don't have many hesitations here to lay the lumber and back the Tigers minus the 13 and a half. Of course, Kelly Bryant is in the fold now, having transferred from Clemson and Missouri. This is probably the biggest reason I like them. Coming off of An embarrassing road loss last week uh, outright as a double-digit favorite against Wyoming. The Tigers uh, come back home against a West Virginia team that is in a transition. Neil Brown is the new coach in for the Mountaineers, and they just barely survived at home last week against FCS James Madison. I look at this and I see trouble for the Mountaineers. I think the Tigers are going to be out, whoever their next opponent was, after you lose the way they did in Wyoming. I'm more inclined to think that it's just a blip on the radar screen and they are really going to unleash on West Virginia at home. And so I'm looking at that game. And another thing that I think is important when it comes to Week 2 handicapping, both in college football and the National Football League, don't overreact to Week 1. It's still just one week. And I'm more inclined to think that that, as I said, was a blip on the radar screen for Missouri. It just so happened to be the first impression that we got for them. So I don't have any problem laying 13 and a half with the Missouri Tigers. That's my first bet on Missouri minus 13 and a hook. Yeah, Greg, I mean, a lot of good points there. Can't really dispute any. I'm actually ironically going to stay in the same uh, uh, division here, you know, uh, conference here. And I'm actually uh, sticking with the same mascot. And I'm going right to the game that I said, you know, you don't always have to go to. Draws your eyes. I'm going to the LSU Tigers um, against uh, Texas Longhorns. Minus I thought six and a half. it might have been Clemson. No, 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 <laughs> Also no. the Tigers. No, 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 no. I'm, go- I'm going LSU Tigers uh, minus six and a half. They're going to cover this game by a touchdown. Um, I was on Texas first half last week. I was on LSU first half last week. They both rolled out. They both looked amazing. Uh, this is just another spot where, you know, Texas is a good team, but they're going up against a great team, Greg. This is this is an SEC team, LSU. They look like they're ready to run the table this year. They they have an intriguing uh, season ahead of them. I, I really think they can do some damage. And, you know, I, I think they are. Uh, I think uh, winning this game can show that they're true uh, college football playoff contenders. And I think they they walk in and they get it done. Oh, it's a huge game for LSU, no doubt. It's more of a pass for me, though, because I am not 
going to run to the window to fade underdog Tom Herman. It's one of the biggest trends in college football. Tom Herman has had a ton of success against the number and straight up as a dog. He's at home, but at the same time, there's been a lot of steam on this game for the LSU Tigers. Again, a lot of things that you've been pointing out. Uh, Ed Orgeron and that defense look to be very legit again. And if Joe Burrow uh, can be any more consistent and uh, guide that offense a little further, that's been the Achilles heel for LSU the last couple of years is they just have not been able to get enough offensive production. But as I said, this number continues to move out towards almost seven from one key number it's yeah i'm grabbing at six and a half so i can make sure getting before before anything anything important that you do get in now because i think at seven there's a lot less value yeah no i definitely agree so lsu minus the six and a half for matt i'm on missouri minus the 13 and a half for my first pick i'm gonna go to another game uh i'm gonna go to the acc i should say now and i'm gonna look to back the north carolina tar heels as a home dog against Miami of uh, Florida, the Hurricanes, of course. Uh, I know that Miami had the extra rest, and they did look pretty good in the Week Zero game against the Florida Gators. But I love this spot for North Carolina because what did we see last week? Normally, right, if this were an away game, I might look to go the other way and say, "Oh, North Carolina is coming off of a big win over South Carolina. I'm going to look for some regression from them." However, We've seen ticket sales for North Carolina football since they hired Mac Brown have spiked way up. And what happens in week number one? They get the big upset win over South Carolina. And now they come home and they take on the Miami Hurricanes in their first conference game. And I think this has upset written all over it again for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Remember, still Jaron Williams, the inexperienced quarterback for Miami. We've talked about certain spots where you look for younger quarterbacks going into hostile environments. I think this could be one of those situations. I'm looking at the North Carolina Tar Heels plus the five, four and a half at some shops. I will take the points. Not sure I'm going to need them because I think North Carolina can absolutely win this game outright. At the same time, I'll be safe and take Tar Heels plus the points. I like that, Greg. Um, Not much opinion for me on that game, honestly, but I, I can't go against anything you're saying. Um, I just, you know, I, I just don't know much about that game. I'm going to be honest, but the game that I focus in on that I really love this week is, uh, in the PAC 12 the team that we saw dominate, uh, you know, a little slow start last week, but they dominate towards the end of the game. Um, ended up covering outright the, the Colorado at home. They beat Colorado state 52 to 31. They covered 11 and a half points. Now we get them at home again. Uh, against a Nebraska team, ranked 24, you know, anything in the 20 to 25, I like to call that, you know, like a little participation trophy. It doesn't really mean much to me. Nebraska struggled last week. They they won 35 to 21, but their spread was 36. Yeah. They failed Josh to cover Charles a lot. Josh not happy after the game with his Yeah, uh, they were, they, they, they uh, who were they even playing? I, I don't even know. Southern Alabama, I mean, I'm sorry. But, it, you know, they, they didn't, they just did not look that good. It took them little bit to get their offense going, and, you know, they didn't look that good. The Buffs looked real good at home. I think that 25 uh, carries a little more weight when people are placing their bets, and they think it carries a little more weight than I think it does. And I'm, I'm back in the Buffs at home. And another play I actually have that I'm sticking to the Pac-12 with, so a very similar play to some of the first-half plays you saw me take last week, Greg. I'm going uh, to Eugene, Oregon, and I'm taking the Oregon Ducks, minus 14 first half. 
tough loss last week. I mean, that, that was a brutal loss, right? But these guys are competitors. Uh, Herbert's, you know, he, he's he's on his way to the NFL. They're not going to just give up on the season, even though we spoke about we know their college football playoffs hopes are done. They are out of the college football playoffs. That is for sure. But they're not going to just give up on the season. They still got something to prove. They still got hearts, and they're going to come home in front of a home crowd. They're going to come fired up. They're going to they're going to unleash their beast. And you know, I, I think to cover two two touchdowns at home is nothing crazy. If anything, we're looking at push at worst. Hey, no, I, I I like that spot. We talked about that earlier in the week with the Oregon Ducks. That th- their season is going to go one of two ways after how tough that loss was against Auburn on a neutral field. They're either going to rally around each other and make become stronger because of it. Or they are. It is going. The season is going to fall flat on their face, and we're going to be talking about Oregon at the end of the year if the Pac-12 is again snubbed. From well, I shouldn't say snubbed because they really haven't had much of a case the last couple of years for the playoff. But we may be talking about Oregon in January, thinking what went wrong for the Pac-12 as a whole, and we might be looking back to that Oregon Auburn game and how they let it get away so I'm with you in the sense that if you like Oregon don't hesitate to play them big in the first half thinking that they'll come out on their you know home field and come out with a big time yeah I just think you know maybe if they got blown out or got embarrassed but the way they lost you know they had the game they were doing well they started off great just the way they lost it just you know it's very heart it's heartbreaking but you got to come out and you got to show them that you know if it was a blowout, I think it would have been a little worse. But you come out against a Nevada team that you should have no business taking care of, and they can easily be up by three scores after after the first half. I am going to stay in the Pac-12, and I am going to go under the total in Stanford and USC. I don't understand either why Stanford is favored. Uh, this total is about 44 and a half, 45 in a lot of spots. Uh, Stanford, we saw last week against uh, Northwestern in an under that I cashed easily. Neither, the Stanford offense couldn't get a whole lot going. And now we see that uh, KJ Costello, the quarterback for Stanford, is going to be out for week two. Uh, and not only is Costello not going to be playing, but JT Daniels, the starter for Southern California, got hurt last week in their season opener against uh, against uh, excuse me Fresno State. And so we are going to see uh, Keaton Slovis. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. But he is going to get the start against Stanford for the Southern Cal Trojans. So I get two backup quarterbacks here, especially at the college ranks. I feel like the drop-off is maybe even going to be even bigger than you might see in the NFL. Uh, then I throw in the fact that Stanford offensively didn't look that good last week anyway. I like this game under 45, Stanford and USC. I can dig that, Greg. I can dig that. Um, <laughs> if that's all I you're can... going to say, that makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I like – Here's the thing with college football, you know, there's so many games we discuss, you know, we pick our, you pick your spots, I pick mine. So I, if I don't really have an opinion on the game, it's really hard for me to say, you know, I haven't, I haven't dug into that game. I can't really, you know, give 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 an opinion whether I agree or disagree, but you're giving good reasons. You're making me a believer. Um, I'm just not, I'm personally just not playing that game. You got to pick and choose. You can't bet every game. There's way too many games in college football. You'll drive yourself, you'll drive yourself nuts trying to research every game too. Um, I'm going with another team. Where are you going next? I'm going with uh to the Big Ten. Take us to the Big Ten. I'm going with the bet I placed last week, and I'm letting you know I think I decided I'm going to place this bet until it until it keeps losing. So I'm going to take Ohio State on the first half, minus nine. Uh, again, they're in front of their home crowd. They're coming out against a slightly better team. 
than last week in the opener. In-state rivalry game, for sure. Obviously not the opener, but yeah, in-state rivalry. So I like them to take care of business and show up. Uh, I like... I just like how Fields looked in the offense last last week. They they came out there real comfortable. Cincinnati was good, but their offense wasn't great last week. You know they played UCLA. The competition between UCLA and Ohio State's a lot different. They were at home where they were a little more comfortable. Now they're on the road at a hostile environment. I just don't know if 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 they're ready for this game. You know, again, I'm I'm going first half here, not full game for the for the reason. Ohio State may be up big and take the foot off the gas. You get a late garbage time touchdown. How many times do we see that? Often we do. So I'm going first half minus nine. Give me them to win by two scores, and and, and I'll call it a day. You know, one thing I want to ask you about Ohio State and your just season-long, it seems like, rationale on taking them in the first half. Um, we saw it last week. We talked about it um, on the pod with Ryan, Ryan Day and, and Justin Fields kind of unleashing themselves together for the first time. Uh, do you think that just with how aggressive Ryan Day wants to be at Ohio State and with a toy like Justin Fields who he can manipulate and, and use in a lot of different ways, that they're just going to come out in every game, just try and drop hammers and, you know, come out with razzle-dazzle and trick plays and a bunch I mean, of things I mean, look, I mean, look, early on? Not every game, and obviously they're going to play better competition, you know, especially sure. once the conference play on the road. I, I, I'll, I'll retract my statement, you know, not every game, but as of right now, whether they're playing back-to-back home games, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with them. Um, I can't say that when when they go on the road at Indiana for their first road conference game, I'm going to. But then they come back at home against a Miami Ohio team. You know, I could see myself looking there again at at home, definitely in front of the home crowd. But on the road, that's a different game. You know, we got to see Fields on the road. He's never played in a in a college road Absolutely. environment. Especially his first ones, you know, have like my little alma mater, not 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 that hostile environment, Indiana, but you know, it is nonetheless hostile anymore because you're not in the stands anymore, right? <laughs> uh, you know, but it, it is still a conference road game, you know. So and, and Indiana isn't isn't awful, so <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Leave it but, at that. Sure. But um, yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna play Ohio State. I, I'll retract it a little. I'm gonna take it week by week, but I definitely like them to cover. Uh, two scores at home against Cincinnati. I think they should have no problem doing that. Before we hit our break, let's. Because uh, I'm not going to give out. I, I gave out the three college plays there. Missouri minus the points, 13 and a half right now. Yeah, North Carolina plus the points, and the Stanford and USC under. Correct. I wanted to get to the Clemson Texas A&M game. Do you have any other picks you're giving out? Or I don't have a play on Clemson A&M. Um, I have a slight lean on Maryland. Um, not a play yet. And I, I would agree with that lean. Um, I have a slight lean on Maryland uh, at home. Again, Syracuse 21, a little bit of a fake number there to me. Um, I definitely right, – We talked about that last week. Yeah, we talked about that. The unranked team against the ranked team. The unranked team is home. I think that cover percentage the last, like, 10 years or something is close to 60. So I, – I, 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 I forgot. I got it. I got it. I found it. What do you got? I got uh, Florida State first half. I'm going right back to the well that I hit last week. I hit it. They end up blowing second half. They're going to come out in a big way, you know. They're minus 12 and a half on the first half. They're going to come out in a big way first half. They're going to bounce back for their coach, uh, Willie Taggart. They're going to come out. They're going to win this game. They're going to they're going to probably cover the full game, but I'm taking minus 12 and a half because they'll be up by more than two scores at, at, at uh, halftime. So let's go to Texas A&M and Clemson and just touch on the big game uh, of the early, well, late afternoon slate before we get to LSU and Texas. Uh, I passed this game because – it seems like, Matt, and I'm not saying that I have 
stock in Kellen Mond to win the Heisman Trophy. But every year, for a while now, we've seen Heisman Trophy winners burst onto the scene with a big time performance against a you know top power. You know, you think back to Johnny Manziel going into Tuscaloosa with a big time effort for the Aggies against Alabama, winning that game outright. Yeah, you, aren't, you aren't you aren't taking this uh, saying that Texas A&M is going to win this game. I'm right? not saying that Texas A&M is going to win this game. Oh, uh, okay. But I, I'm just saying to tread lightly a little bit here because I think this is one of those high variance games, right? Where if Texas A&M were to win, it would be a big surprise. But relative to other opponents that Clemson's playing, it's not as much of a surprise, obviously. So, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to stop you right there, Greg. I think there is probably negative, negative chance that Clemson loses this game. You, you got to spread them 17 I, points I, here. I'm not saying uh, that Clemson's gonna lose. I'm just saying, look at their schedule. If they are gonna lose in the regular season, this would be one of the more likely spots that it would happen. Okay. Right? Oh well, well that, that sure because Texas A&M is one of their greatest opponents, but. I might go as far as saying if Texas A&M wins this game, this could be the, one of the largest upsets we see of the season in week two. Oh, it would absolutely be the largest upset. in. Oh, you're saying the rest of the season, this would be one of the largest upsets? One of the largest upsets, yeah. Number one team, Clemson, you know, to lose at home to this Texas A&M team. Texas A&M is good, but Clemson has no business losing this game. Number one, number one at home. I'm going to have to disagree with that, that that would be the biggest upset in, no, in, no, 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 no. It's gonna be in the running. I mean, it's gonna be in the running with with all the other weeks. It's gonna, but it's gonna. We're gonna remember this game still eight weeks down the line. Like we will remember. Oh, no, I, okay. Well, and I, remember, I, I, remember I, the playoff implications that this game could have. Sure, so that's no, why no, this I, game is so good. I'm big. with you there, but you know, I'm yep. just thinking back to Ohio State embarrassing losses the last couple of years at Purdue and at at Iowa, and you know, the fact that I'm remembering those games leads me to think if there's a game like that, that would be a, a bigger upset. But I do hear your logic. All I'm saying is. I think this is a very high-variance game. And if Clemson wins, I think Clemson could cover this. Uh, what's the full game line Seven, at right now? 17. I'm sorry? 18. 18? 17. 17. So if Clemson wins, I'm not surprised at all if Clemson covers this number. Last 29 home games for Clemson, 14-14-1 against the spread. So Vegas certainly has a good handle on the Clemson Tigers. Uh, and – that leads me – I do at, at the same time, though, as much as I kind of said, be careful, maybe A&M has a chance here. At the same time yeah, – It's just a pass. Uh, it's just a straight pass game. Pass me. Uh, it's just, I had to play it. I would lean to Clemson because these two schools played last year, and it was close, but Trevor Lawrence didn't play in that game. So yeah. that, I mean, that, that, to me, gives me no feel for this game at all at, from a gambling standpoint. Excited to watch it. Excited to see if Kellen – Mond can put together a big time effort and maybe this is close in the fourth quarter but by no means am i interested in betting this game yeah no this is a, this is a straight pass room but i'll watch it it'll be a good game that's that let's take a break and we'll have a word from our sponsors a few of us on this show use Harry, harry's razors if you visit their website you can check out all different shave sets and face care products join the 10 million who have tried harry's Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, 
five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of my show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. Okay, and we're back on the Full Slate Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Some college football there out of the gate. And, and just, Matt, just to tie up some loose ends there on the college football, you and I both uh, are going to have some more picks on Twitter as we get closer to kickoff. So you stress this, that you like to kind of wait for some more information if there is anything that, you know, comes out. So, again, uh, at Showtime Cappers, at Undercover Greg, to get us more on Twitter. I know you have a lot in the NFL that you wanted to get to, as do I. I'll let you take the reins. Where are you going first? Yeah, I'm going to a play that I actually gave out about uh, two months ago, right? It's a top play for me. For those of you who follow me on Twitter, I'm sure you saw my plays there posted yesterday. For those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, I'll be running through them and some explanations. And to go over my scale real quick, it's a one to three unit scale, a one unit play. Uh, As a normal play, a top play is a two-unit play, and a fire play is a three-unit play. So we have about a few two-unit top plays this week. We're going right to Panthers, plus three. Like I said, I gave this play out probably about two months ago. This is like a little bit of a classic spot here. You know, since 2000, the losing team of the Super Bowl, who's the Rams, the Panthers' opponent, uh, their prior year, the loser of the Super Bowl prior year, the three and 16 against the spread in week one. So, you know, the Panthers at home getting three points, that trend really favors us. The Rams obviously made the playoffs last year and teams coming off a playoff berth with <clears throat> in the previous year are 75 and 90 and two against the spread. That's 45 percent over the last 167 games. That trend again favors the Panthers at home plus three. A slight little tidbit. Cam Newton, 6-2 all-time in home openers in his career. You know, and then we get into the offense that Cam has, the weapons. McCaffrey really looking to take a leap in his third year in the league. I think he really can emerge as a top three back this year. I think he'll be really nice for Cam. You know, nothing better than to be able to hand it off or dump it off to a guy like McCaffrey, who's a do-it-all back, let me tell you. He's a three-down back, and he's going to show the league why. Another weapon Cam has, DJ Moore. I really like him to emerge as the number one receiver with Devin Funches out and off to Indianapolis. I think Devin, uh, DJ Moore can really take a leap in his second year. They got hopefully got Greg Olson back and healthy. You'll love to see that guy back on the field. I hope he can stay healthy all year. If he is, he is a weapon for Cam Newton as they have chemistry and play together. Again, they also add another receiver, Chris Hogan. Very veteran receiver coming from the Patriots offense. He knows how to catch the ball. He's an asset for Cam. And one thing about their coach, Ron Rivera, if you don't know anything about him, you should, right? Let me let me walk you through their schedule. So since 2012, when they had a losing record, they then followed that up. They were 7-9. and nine. They followed that up with a 12-4 and four winning record in 2013. Then in 2014, they dropped off again with a 7-8-1 and eight and one record. And then 2015, they came back, obviously, had that, you know, amazing season when they went 15-1. and one. Yeah, I was going to get go. You thought they were going to get 16-0. Yeah, there's been a bounce back pattern with Ron Rivera. I don't know what it is. And then 2016, they dropped to six and ten. 2017, eleven and five. 2018, seven and nine. I'm no mathematician, Greg, but the pattern that I'm seeing would tell me that they're gonna finish, you know, with double digits. Because every time they finish under double digits, the following year they finish over double digits. Him going 12 and four, 15 and one, 11 and five. And I'm saying, am I saying the Panthers? They started last year six and one. 
Yeah, am I saying the Panthers are going to go 11-5 this year? Am I saying they're going to win the division? Am I saying they're going to get back to Super Bowl form? No, but I'm saying, you know, over Ron Rivera's eight years in the league, he clearly has found a way to bounce back from uh, losing seasons, and he's also found a way to keep his job, right, Greg? So, you know, I think the Panthers can figure something out this year, and I think it starts at game one at home. You're getting three points against the Rams, you know. Jared Goff. Jared Goff's too busy celebrating all that money he just got paid. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you full agreement here. I'll make this a consensus play because I am on the Panthers plus the points as well. A uh, couple things on Carolina. You mentioned all the weapons that it seems like they're starting to gel together with a lot of youth on that offense. Recently drafted Christian McCaffrey in the first round, DJ Moore in the first round, Curtis Samuel out of Ohio State, primed for a bigger role with the departure of Devin Funches as well. And Greg Olson is kind of the elder statesman there of that offense. But last year, the Rams struggled against the run. They gave up over five yards per carry. What does Carolina do? They're going to come at you with Cam, Christian McCaffrey. And I think you're going to see maybe a couple of trick plays, end arounds with Curtis Samuel, that kind of player who you can use around the edge. I think Carolina has its way running the football offensively. And then defensively, what is one thing we talked about with the Rams, Matt? Lost a couple starters on the offensive line. Gerald McCoy comes into Carolina. Kawan Short, one of the better defensive linemen in football, also on that line for the Panthers. If you shut down or limit Todd Gurley, we have yet to see Jared Goff regularly win games for the Rams. On the road, West Coast team traveling east, 10 a.m. Pacific start. Give me the Panthers as well, plus the points I like. Yeah, uh, you know, another big thing, by the way, that was nice to see this week. Cam Noon was off the injury report for the Panthers. Obviously, that was Good a slight point. concern. That was a slight concern for him coming into the season uh, in preseason. It's always a, it's been a slight concern for him in the past. He's always tend to miss a couple games here and there. So it's really nice to see a guy like that coming into the season, hopefully 110% healthy. I hope he can return to Superman form because, man, that 2015 season was wonderful. So we're both on Carolina plus the three. Where to next? So I am going, you call me a homer or not, but I'm going to my own Philadelphia Eagles but I'm taking them on the first half, minus five and a half, and I'm paying and I'm paying minus 135 for that. So a, a noticeable trend in the week one games. The biggest favorite on the board has gone 12 and 23. That's 34% against the spread in the last 35 games. So the Eagles would qualify as the biggest favorite on the board. Obviously, minus 10. Close right behind them. Second is the Seahawks, minus nine and a half. So that's why I'm playing the Eagles, minus five and a half, first half. I think they should have no problem being up by two field goals or more, a touchdown, two scores or more first half. You know, this crowd's going to get up. They're going to get electric. It is Super Bowl or bust for Philly. Let me tell you, Carson Wentz is back. He is paid. They're going to come out at home with the return of their franchise quarterback, and, and they are going to be ready to play ball. You know, they got a nice new addition in Deshaun Jackson. He should be extending the field, and he's looking like he's going to play week one. I know he had the injury to the finger. looks like he's going to play week one. You know, Case Keenum is very familiar with this Philadelphia Eagles stadium. He may actually even have some nightmares when he's first starting off. So I don't know how he's going to fare there. And I'm just not a big Case Keenum fan overall. The Redskins, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say they're pathetic, but Greg, the Redskins are absolutely pathetic, right? <laughs> they're going to fit. They're gonna, I, you already know how I feel about the Giants, obviously, and the Eagles. You know, I, I, I respect the Cowboys. The Redskins, let me tell you, they're going to finish six in this division. There, there's no way around that. Maybe they'll cover the 9.5 or the 10, whatever it ends up being, with a late score. Who knows? But I'm taking the first half. Eagles come out hot. They're better on both lines of the ball. They're going to dominate the, the line of scrimmage. They're going to give Wentz protection. He's going to get his plays. They're going to give the running backs holes. You know, they're going to get to Case Keenum. They're going to get to the quarterback. They're going to make it tough for this Redskins offense. And it's going to be a hostile environment game one in Philly. Because let me tell you, they are on a mission this year, Greg. 
You know, it's it's a strong handicap. I ultimately passed this game. We think we saw it a little bit tonight with the quarterbacks, uh, particularly Aaron Rodgers. You come out a little rusty, a little shaky. Uh, Wentz did not play a snap in the preseason, which is enough to veer me away from the game altogether. Number is way too big in a divisional game, even though we think the Redskins are going to be garbage. I don't have any interest in the Eagles in the full game side. I If I were to play them, I'd do what you're doing. But I am just a little concerned about Wentz, you know, maybe easing himself in uh, and maybe underperforming a little in the first half. Again, I think the know, game, I would use the Eagles in a money line parlay. Uh, I, I am just going to pass this game. It, it's ironic you say that because actually, uh, you know, it's tattled to that play. I have a one you play on the Eagles minus two and a half, minus 130 for the first quarter. And let me tell you why. You know, as you spoke about Aaron Rodgers looking a little shaky, let me tell you what's the difference. Aaron Rodgers was in a hostile Chicago environment up against the number one defense sure. in the NFL. Yeah, great you know, Carson point. Wentz is starting at home. A field he's very, very comfortable. And let me tell you, the Packers are good, but the Eagles are better. You know, he's got a better offensive line. He's got better weapons around him. Carson Wentz is more comfortable. He's also at home, and he's going up against the Redskins as opposed to the Aaron Rodgers, who went up against, you know, the Bears and that stout defense. This is a different kind of game. Maybe he'll be rusty on the first try, but he should have no problem slinging it out there. They should have no problem covering two and a half at the end of the first and five and a half at the end of the first half. And the two and a half is a one-unit play for me. So it's the Eagles minus two and a half first quarter, minus five and a half in the first half from Matt. I am passing the game. You continue to drive the car. Where are we going next? Okay, I am taking us to a team that I loved coming into the year, and they just didn't catch the best luck. The Indianapolis Colts, plus seven, I'm taking, minus 120 at LA Chargers. I think this line is, you know, I think it's just a little overreaction to luck. To the luck injury, you know, looks a great quarterback. I'm not saying anything, but Jacoby Brissett is not a is not a rookie. He he's not some guy who hasn't played before. Let's not forget he started 16 games for the Colts in 2017. He's very familiar with the offense, right? You know, I'm not saying that he's not going to have a good year, but but Philip Rivers is one year older. The Chargers playing at home in the LA, they don't have much of a home advantage yet. Obviously, not going to see Melvin Gordon here. Yeah, it's another point I was getting to. Obviously, no Melvin Gordon here. You know, motivation is always a factor. It's the NFL. There's 16 games they want to win. But there's got to be a little added extra motivation for the Colts here to play for their brother, Andrew Luck, who purely retired just because he really couldn't be out there anymore. And they know that he would kill to be out there if he could. And so, again, there's always motivational factors. And I don't like to look too deep into those. But that's just another little thing you obviously keep in the back of your mind that these guys are playing for a little something special. The Colts are really sound all around other, other uh, you know, other than losing Luck. They have a good offensive line. They have a nice combo backfield with with uh, Marlon Mack and and Hines. You know they added Funches for a receiver. T. Y. Hillen's always a steady steady option. They got a two tight end combo with Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. Like I said, Brissett started 16 games for the for uh, the Colts in 2017. Not much of a home edge here for the Chargers. I just think touchdown is too much. You know I'm not I'm not playing the Colts on the money line. Uh, I, I think the Chargers definitely win the game, but I think they can keep it close and keep it within seven. I think uh, I think the Colts can surprise people week one here. Yeah, no, I, I like that play. I, I passed this game, but I would lean to Indy with catching those points, only because I agree with you on the mispricing of uh, Jacoby Brissett. One of the better backups, right? I mean, think about how many other backups you would take over Brissett. What, could you count? You, you'd count on one hand, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, I really. You know, so, he's, he's, so a, he's a solid backup. And, and then... Think about Indianapolis. Chris Ballard comes in there, the new general manager, a couple of years ago, and 
they really rebuilt their roster. You went through a lot of the weapons that they added on offense. They plucked Darius Leonard uh, out of a small school. Oh, yeah, he's amazing, by the way. He's, he's I, didn't even, I didn't even talk on him, I, but he's anchor amazing. for them on defense. So, you know, I think collectively Indianapolis has, just has a, a, a good roster to sustain the loss of a uh, starting quarterback like Luck better than other teams would. Not saying I like Indianapolis to still win the uh, AFC South, but, uh, you know, the general manager there, Chris Ballard and his staff did a really good job. I just looked it up because I forgot off the top of my head. South Carolina State was a school that they got Darius Leonard out of. I'm very familiar with their second-round corner, Rocky Sin, out of Temple, who I think is going to make a nice impact for them defensively in year number one for him. So I think Indy is going to be a sneaky ATS team this year because a lot of public perception is going to look to fade them uh, without luck. Again, not saying Indy is going to be – uh, uh, you know, a 10 and six playoff team, but I, I see your logic. I'm with you. I ultimately passed the game, but I do lean to Indy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Indy's a solid play. This is, this is a little bit of a system play overreaction. You know, by the way, uh, Greg, I don't know if you have it up, but Mason Crawls, we just hit a field goal. Uh, what could be the game on the field goal? So uh, I'm not sure. On the uh, you know, uh, yeah. Looking good. I, I, I damn if Mitch if Mitch can put together a drive here five minutes after this pathetic game wow what a what a story that would be but you know we always hear about the too much time for Rodgers so even if Mitch could somehow snag a touchdown here I, I I see Packers having enough time to snag a field goal so I'm feeling pretty good about the money line. Your next play on Sunday's NFL card. I am going to one of my favorite rivals I guess this year the, the New York Football Giants I'm taking them plus seven so on the spread you know. I just can't pass this up. Obviously, you guys know I was high on the Giants' win total of five and a half. I just think seven is too much here for a divisional game. Very questionable how many t- – first off, let's go to the Cowboys right off the bat. Very questionable how many touches Ezekiel Elliott's going to get. You know, sure. Uh, I, I would be surprised if he got more than eight, 12, 15 max. I mean, he could have an impact 15, but I don't even see him doing that. He hasn't been there all all camp, you know. So that's a, that's a pretty big loss. And it's just at at Dallas, Eli actually hasn't even hasn't been that bad over the course. Oh of no, he's good. He's, he's lost he's lost by seven or less ten times, so that would cover the number. And out of fourteen career games in Dallas, you know, and he's also won six games six out of those ten games that he that he's covered. So he's won them outright in Dallas. So I'm not saying play the Giants a money line, but if you want to sprinkle a little bit of, of lunch money there. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think and I'm actually think Cowboys, thinking about doing that. I think the Cowboys definitely could, you know, that's a, that's a, it's a teaser bet. A lot of teasers are going to be on there. A lot of parlays out of the Cowboys. Cowboys Eli definitely parlays, could. And yeah, exactly. You know, Eli Manning's heard of this Daniel Jones, this Daniel Jones, that, you know, he's a two time Super Bowl champion of the world. Yeah. You know, he doesn't want to hear about Daniel Jones. You know, maybe Eli's washed and he can't do it. But let me tell you, if he wants to sign to haters, he wants to tell Daniel Jones, uh, wait, I'm not done yet. What, be- what better, what better way to do it than Dallas? Dallas at home. And by the way, you know, obviously, since there's not any game data to watch since it's week one, right? You know, we can't check how they've done or seen how many they've done earlier games. I like to look at a lot of trends. So let me read you a couple of trends that the Giants fit this this week. Four trends I think you're really going to like, Greg. Let, let me let me lay them on you. So opening week road teams that have won between four and six games the prior year, so the Giants, are right. 40, 16, and four against the spread. That's wow. saying at a 71.4% clip, and that's since 2004. Right. So another another little tidbit, week one divisional road teams that won six or fewer games. Again, the Giants, 
the prior year are 24-8-1 against the spread, 75% since 2001, and they're currently on a 10-1-1 streak. And this last six, uh, I mean, six out of those 10 have been outright upsets. Another hey. thing about, you know, another thing about the Giants, it keeps going. It's getting, it's getting a little sure. weird. At this no, point. go ahead. Just, you know, it, it's really <laughs> like, it's really like, I like the Giants, and then I read this, and then I like it, and then I'm like, I love it, and then I'm like, dude, this is, this is almost too good to be true. This is out of like a, it's out of like a little horror film, you know, when you're, <laughs> when you're, when you're telling the girl, oh my god, don't go in the forest, don't go in the forest, and, and she runs to the forest, like this is it, like I'm running in the forest for this giant oh. spread, right? So I have another, another one here. Teams that lost 10 games or more, playing a team that has lost less than 10 games the prior year, obviously this Giants Cowboys matchup are 144 and 71 with five pushes. That's 78%. The last 184 year games. Or week one? That's against the spread in week one the following year after the prior wow, that's year. Strong. Yo, that is 78% in the last 184 games. That's wild. That's pretty much just saying the shitty team from the prior year covered against the great team from the prior year Week one, 78% of the time wow. in the last 184 games. I mean, if that's not enough, then I don't know what to tell you. I read you the stat about the Panthers again, and this applies one more time. Teams coming off a playoff berth, that's the Cowboys. 75-90-2 and two against the spread, 45% last 167 games. Uh, you tell me why you're not backing the Giants, and the only answer you'll get that I'll, I'll accept is Eli Manning is trash. If you want to just say that you can't back Eli Manning with your money, that's fine, but all the other numbers point Giants plus seven. Good luck. That is a great handicap, and I'm with you 100%. Just like the Panthers, this is another game I bet. Giants plus the points. You mentioned Eli's track record of success in Arlington at Jerry World. I also agree that mentally he's going to be pretty fired up, not just to play the Cowboys, but to tell Daniel, Daniel Jones to slow down a little bit. Absolutely think the money line is worth a look here. Uh, the Giants in a divisional game, right? You have both NFC East uh, or all four teams in the NFC East playing each other week one. I have a hard time thinking that both favorites of a touchdown or more are going to cover. And this would be the spot that I would look for the favorite not to cover. Uh, how is Zeke going to be mixed in? Uh, we don't really know, which is hard to lay the touchdown with the Cowboys as is uh, the Giants also did a lot to address their secondary in the offseason. DeAndre Baker, first-round draft choice out of Georgia. They get Jabril Peppers in the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. And obviously, Janoris Jenkins, one of their better defenders, is back in the secondary. So I'm not sure we see a huge Amari Cooper game here either. So then it comes down to how do the Cowboys score enough to cover this number? I'm not sure they're going to. I think the Giants come in here with a game plan of Eli Manning, protect the football. We obviously got 26 in the backfield, Saquon Barkley, who they're going to use every week. It goes without saying. And that, therefore, if I were to play the total, I'd look under as well. I think this is a little correlated with the Giants and the under and the Cowboys and the over, uh, because I think the Giants try and shrink this game, go on some long, longer sustained drives. I think they can do that. I think the Giants are going to stand a really good chance to win this game outright. Definitely like I'm catch, catching the touchdown. Totally with you. I've already bet it. The Giants plus the seven. Yeah, I, I lean under there as well. Now, now I'm going to jump to uh, another another two-unit play for me. I'm going to go right to Sunday night football. This is really ju- this is really a straight system play for me. You know, you got the defending champs, Patriots at home. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking them plus five and a half. On oh, the road. we're going to get more agreement here. You know, I, I got the Steelers plus five and a half on the road. I think the Steelers team got a lot to prove. Juju Smith-Schuster, he's going to step up. James Conner out of the backfield. You know, this is the post-AB, post-Bell era. 
Juju and Connor are filling right in their shoes. You got Big Ben, the proven veteran quarterback. He's, you know, I'm not saying he's got a little something to prove, but they, they want to show that they can still ball. They don't need these ABs and these Le'Veon Bells. You know, they did it without Le'Veon Bell last year, but, you know, AB's gone. They got something to prove. Division's open. Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson, two young quarterbacks. Big Ben's got to remind the, the youngins that he's still here. And I think he's going to do just that. And I think he could do it in a big way, pulling off a Sunday uh, Sunday night upset to start the season. And I, I, so I can't I can't pass up five and a half if I think the pitch, uh, Steelers can pull off the upset outright. I, I'm going to take the five and a half. Oh, I, I love this play. And I am also going to, again, agree with you. Another game I've already bet is Pittsburgh catching five and a hook. Remember. More Antonio Brown drama this week, and I think that just adds to not necessarily the fire for Pittsburgh, but I just think it reinforces something that I've liked about Pittsburgh all year going in, and that they had a normal offseason, they didn't have any of these shenanigans, and they can go in there now and prove that that is exactly what they needed, right? What better statement to make than to go to Foxborough and win this game outright, which I think they're going to. So I think that the money line is even worth more of a look here than it is on the Giants. So uh, I love the Steelers plus the five and a half. Uh, Give me Juju Smith-Schuster to shine in his first game in the post-AB era. Uh, ben and that offensive line is still really good. That's going to keep him upright. You mentioned Connor. They're going to run the ball a lot more, I think, in Ben's waning days. I also like the under here because both teams have good offensive lines, and we obviously saw New England was more run heavy the last couple of years with yeah. Brady continuing to age. So I would play the – I think I am, probably am going to take under 50 here as well, uh, and, and I like the Steelers very yeah, much. Yeah, just one thing to note. I actually wouldn't expect Judy to have that big of a game, but he'll have a big impact on the game. You know, the Patriots like to take away the number one threat at the opposing That's a good point. Team. They're going to double-team Juju, but I like to see Vance McDonald get involved. One of my fantasy sleepers this year, Dante Moncrief, I think he's going to get the ball, and James Washington, you know, I think they're all going to be threats. And again, Big Ben, Big Ben can throw it to anyone. If you're open, he'll hit you on the numbers. So uh, I'll trust him, Big Ben and Tomlin, and, but it's going to be a good one. And, you know, it's Patriots, it's Steelers, it's a good one. Uh, all right, so I'm going to hop over to – I'm going to actually – I'm jumping to Monday night, Greg. I got two I got two Monday nights. I got to play on both games. I'm going to run through th- this one real quick, though. I got Denver money line, and I got in on Denver early. I'm you know, I'm happy I did, obviously, before the news broke about the whole A-B not playing and, and it's a potential suspension. But so I got Denver on the money line. I'm actually paying no juice here, Greg. This is this is even even money. And they're all the way up to minus two and a half now. Week one divisional road teams again. Here comes the same trend that won six or fewer games the prior year. They're 24-8-1 against the spread, 75%. Dem- uh, you know, that's the Raiders here. But I'm taking Denver because why? The Raiders are trash. They don't have A, B. You know, another little tidbit here. This is a small sample size. But you got the Hard Knocks teams. They're four and seven and one against the spread. They're only covering 33%. I, I just I, I don't see the Raiders winning this game. I see a little too much hype on them from the whole offseason. I see a lot of distractions that were going on during the season. Denver obviously have the new quarterback and Joe Flacco, but he's a veteran. He he's he's 25 and 12 in games he's played in September. That's 68% win percentage. He's 22 and 12 on prime time. That's 65%. You know he's four and two lifetime against the Raiders. He's also exceptionally good in week one. In 11 career games, he's won eight of them. That's 73%. Give me Joe Flacco and that Denver D, especially without a B. They are the Raiders are the Raiders are dismantled and you know they're they're in some trouble. Give me give me Denver on the money line and we got in a couple points early. 
Agree on Denver. It would be where I lean. I haven't played it yet, though I may. Uh, where do you like in Houston, New Orleans? I have Houston plus seven here. Again, this is a this is a very interesting play. Obviously, Andrew Luck goes down, so the Texans are really looking to repeat in the division. You know, but let me tell you some things on the Saints. Since showing the Saints, Breeze is four and three in his career when playing week one at home. That's really not that good for how good Breeze has been over his career. And he's five and eight total. You know, in the last five games, the Saints are actually 0 and 5 straight up and against the spread in the last five week ones. Two of the last five were at home. And last was the last year against the Bucs. I don't know if you remember, but they dropped that game, the Fitz Magic, like 48 to 40. It was crazy. Absolutely. But it, it, it was it was wild. But the Texans, you know, they started slow last year, 0-3, before winning nine in a row and 11 of their last 13 to end the regular season, you know, before they had that rough loss to the Colts in the playoffs. But I do really look for them to carry that that regular season that regular season urge and, and, and how great they were into into this year. I think the Texans are, are in for a good year, and I think Deshaun Watson is poised for a big year, especially with luck going down. I think they really see the division division open and with Saints history of starting starting slow and the Texans urgency to come out hot here I think that uh taking the seven on the road here Monday night is is a good play yeah I passed this game I don't really like the Texans it doesn't matter but obviously Andrew Luck doesn't play for them like that doesn't make the Texans better in my obviously so I, I am not a big Texans guy I'm also down on the Saints I think Breeze starts to show his age a little bit more this year nothing strong for me here just two teams that I'm not really that high on this year, so I passed it. But um, so if anything, I would look to play the the second game where I do lean Denver. Uh, I don't really have anything though on Houston and New Orleans. What did you have one final pick? Yeah, I actually had a big one here, Greg, and I got a lot to say about this one. You know, this might cause a lot of haters, but I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three and a half at home <laughs> against the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm telling you, this Jaguars team is gonna be different. They are gonna come out week one. Again, we point to that trend. Teams that lost 10 or more games last year, you know the deal. They're co- against teams that won, won less than 10 games last year. They're covering 78%. That's the Jaguars. We qualify for that. <clears throat> last year at the Chiefs, I don't know if you remember, but that game was pathetic. Why did they lose? Let me tell you. Blake Bortles was embarrassing, Greg. You could have put my sister out there. She would have been better. He was 33 of 61 from the field. That's a pathetic 55% with four interceptions and a fumble loss. That's just, you just can't, it's really hard to win a football game, Greg, when you're doing that. By the way, not to say only, but they did only win by two possessions, two 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 touchdowns. It was thirty to it was thirty to fourteen. By the way, I don't know if you're watching out there. The Packers just got the the game-winning interception. That's really no surprise. You know, Mitch Trubisky, he is a bum, and that really just goes to show you that the Bears are in trouble. The Packers' offense will find its way. At the end of the day, the biggest takeaway from this this game is the Packers' defense looks legit. You know, they looked good. As bad as the Bears looked. The Packers defense was flying around out there. And let me tell you, if Aaron Rodgers has a defense, you know he's going to figure out the offense. That's going to be scary. That's going to be a scary team. But that's a story for another day. Back to the Jazz or uh, the Jaguars, I'm sorry. You know, obviously, we got you got your defensive stud in Jalen Ramsey. He held Tyreek Hill to four catches and 61 yards in that game last year on 71 targets. Kelsey was held to five catches for, you know, he had 100 yards. But Kelsey's done more. Neither of them had a touchdown. Obviously, we know they had Kareem Hunt in that game, who he had a solid game, 22 rushes, 87 yards and a touchdown. So we know they're downgraded for Kareem Hunt. 
The other thing about that game last year, obviously it was in Kansas City. You know, the Jaguars also were playing without Leonard Fournette. They had TJ Yeldon. They had Bortles. Now they have Nick Foles. Obviously, Nick Foles is an amazing quarterback. You know, we know how he goes. Also, the Chiefs were up 20, 20 to nothing at half. So the Jaguars won the second half, 14 to 10. You know, Nick Foles is 3 and 0. Foles. He's back with John Filippo, his offensive coordinator in Philly, who really schemed up some good things for him in that playoff run. Foles, Foles is finally comfortable. He's found a home. He's got a defense behind him. He's got a running game. I'm not saying the Jaguars are kind of like the, the Eagles. You know, they don't have all the offensive weapons the Eagles have, but they got a running game and they got a defense. I mean, they're, they're, they're right there, you know. He, Nick Foles is a small sample size, but, hey, he's never lost a week one game. He was 3-0 and right there. And since leaving the Eagles, another kind of impressing, impressing stat, he's won every single game he debuted for another team. You know, that's a little scary of a thing. When you look at the stats from last game, everything in the box score was, was pretty close, Greg. The Jaguars actually outgained the, the Chiefs 502 yards of 424. They just lost the game in the turnover margin. Jacksonville had five turnovers. You can't do that. We're replacing Blake uh, Blake Bortles with Nick Foles. You know, Nick Foles doesn't really turn the ball over that much. If Jacksonville can control control the ball, limit the turnovers, hold the time of possession, you know, pound and ground that, that Chiefs D that isn't that amazing for defending the run, I, you know, I don't see there's any reason why the Jags can't cover three and a half, let alone pull the upset and and catch a Chiefs team coming in thinking thinking they're they're everything, you know, from last year and catch them sleeping and, and, and start 1-0 and with the Chiefs uh, starting off 0-1. Yeah, it's a good handicap. Uh, I ultimately passed this game. I do lean with Jacksonville. Uh, the, the problem that is preventing me from betting on the Jags, I think they're the hardest team, at least for me, to handicap coming into the year because we saw how bad they were last year. You saw how good they were two years ago. I don't really know which one it is in 2019. And throw in the new quarterback, it makes it more of a pass for me than anything else. But there's been a lot of smart money coming on Jacksonville. This seems to be one of the biggest uh, sharps and squares divide this year. Uh, and it's always better when you're on the sharp side. And that's certainly your case with the Jags. So uh, I, it's, it's, it's an interesting play for sure. But I ultimately pass the game. Let's take I got a you. Let's take a break and we'll come right back. And I got a few other picks that I want to get to, and we will be on our way. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of your major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So, you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter the promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. And we're going to wrap things up here on the 
full slate Blue Wire Sports Gambling Podcast. Greg Frank at Undercover Greg on Twitter. Matt Siegel at Showtime Cappers on Twitter. Matt just ran through all of his NFL plays. A couple of ones that I am in agreement with him on. The Panthers plus the three. The Steelers plus the five and a half. And the Giants plus the seven. I do have three more plays. Actually, I also gave out under 50 in Steelers and Patriots. Three more plays that I am going to look at. Uh, I am going to go to Lake Erie and take the Tennessee Titans on the road, catching five and a half against the Cleveland Browns. I mentioned it as one of my favorite win total plays under nine for Cleveland. Numbers too high here. Close to a touchdown with an unproven Browns team. And the Titans, I continue to believe, are one of the more disrespected teams when it comes to expectations, predictions, this, that, and the other thing. They won nine games in a row three years, uh, three straight years now. So whatever's going on there in Tennessee, it's producing wins. I think they have a chance here to win the game outright. Of course, they don't need to for me to cash this ticket. I think Tennessee's defense, which has been a good unit, and and Mike Vrabel's a defensive-minded coach, they are going to keep things in front of them. Not as many big plays. Baker Mayfield, if you are into preseason, his preseason numbers weren't that good. So I'm not expecting him to come out and light it up. And that leads me to think that this is going to be a close game all the way. Tennessee played a lot of close games last year, which means points are valuable anytime it's either backing the Titans or fading them. Normally, you're going to want to take the points instead of lay the points. I'm doing that here. Give me Tennessee catching five and a half. They keep this game in the 20s. Cleveland doesn't really open things up with the weapons they have offensively. They're not able to quite get there yet as far as, you know, a big video game like performance from Odell or Baker. I like Tennessee to cover this number. Matt, Greg, anything? let me let me tell you. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say I, I'm really sorry, Greg. I like you, but I, I actually don't like this bet whatsoever. I, I can't back the Titans here. And again, I can't. I, I'm not saying I'm backing the Cleveland. So let's just get that out there. Just because I'm not backing one team or I don't like a one play, it doesn't mean I automatically like the other side. There's just no way I can back the Titans here. I'm not a fan of the Titans. Their offense, if you are in the preseason, like you said, I'm taking the words out of your mouth, then the Titans' offense looked absolutely pathetic. So if you think that the, the Baker Mayfield looked pathetic. Well, doesn't that you think make the Titans valuable, though? Well, so then, you, no. I mean, I mean, then argue you take, you, you, maybe you should look at the under if you think they look that bad. But, again, the Browns are at home. And, again, what Baker Mayfield looked bad in preseason, again, I don't take in a preseason. I'm saying if you take in a preseason, then no, you should I, I back really don't either. I was just merely kicking it out. The I Browns don't. I like what Baker Mayfield did last year. I like what Baker Mayfield did last year for his team. They got, a, they got a new head coach. You know, they got a new talent. I think this team in Cleveland is ready to roll. Again, I'm not backing them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they came out in a big way and blew them out again, or I wouldn't be surprised in a letdown game if the Tennessee Titans did win, but I cannot back the Titans because of this Browns team is just too talented. And let me tell you, as I'm watching and talking, Mitch Trubisky just looks god-awful. I mean, he just took a sack. He just threw a ball 30 yards. He looks bad. I'm sorry if you're a Bears fan, but get used to this because this guy was this guy is going to get exposed this year. He got lucky last year. He had a cupcake schedule. Let's see what happens when he plays the big dogs this year with a lot of pressure behind him. And he's not off to a hot start. Putting up three points in four quarters is not good, Greg. No, it is not. But uh, all right, some disagreement there on my first pick. I get it. I'll take it. Uh, you're not on the other side. I passed a few of your games. So be it. That's the beauty of. Hey, Greg, I wish, I wish you nothing but the best. I'll be rooting for you for sure. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, next play that I have, 
I am going to, and gosh, this feels a little square, by far the most square play that I have of the week. It's the New York Jets, minus the two and a half, minus the three at some shops. I don't really care. I just think this is simple as against the Buffalo Bills. I know it is that system play. I'm going against that with what you've been saying about short underdog divisional game. Green Bay, we just saw come through in that spot. Uh, Another short dog in the Buffalo Bills on the road against the Jets. I am taking the Jets because this line is telling us that these are even teams, right? When the home team is laying the standard three or, or two and a half where it's been to at some shops. Do we really think that these are even teams? Because I don't. I think the Jets are a better football team. I think they unleash their kind of like we were talking about with Justin Fields in college. And, and he, he was their new toy. Le'Veon Bell says he's ready for as many touches as possible. Uh, Adam Gase. A quarterback whisperer in some sense with Sam Darnold, I think right out of the gate, you see the two of them hit it off. I like the Jets to win this game by double digits, so I don't have a problem laying the field goal. As I said, feels a little square, but I'll take the Jets. Yeah, I I, I hear you there, Greg. I actually see that down to two and a half. A lot of shops, so real curious, you know, why that moved a little half a point towards the Bills. I don't and get the Buffalo money. Can again, you explain? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to explain it to you, Greg, because I, I, you know, I actually can't side with you on the Jets here again. I think people are really underrating the Bills. I think I don't think there's any reason why the Bills can't finish second in the division ahead of the Jets. I, I don't really see any reason with that. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he, um, I, I don't believe he took a snap in preseason, did he, Greg? He did not. So, okay, so maybe a little rust. I don't know. He well, you're on the Eagles football. without Wentz laying, or taking well, a well, step in the season. Yeah, well, you know, Wentz, when, you know, he's a quarterback. He's got a lot of it behind him. But the thing with Le'Veon Bell is, you know, he also was out for a full year. I know I know, Wentz was hurt, but, you know, he was Which I think helps year. Bell because he's, you know, he's ready to go. Oh, oh, no, 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 I think he is right. Uh, you know, listen, I, I'm not saying Le'Veon Bell is going to have a bad game, nor am I saying is his slight slow start going to have a true impact. But, again, I just don't really see, like, why the Jets are that good. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see why the Jets are all of a sudden better than the that much better than the Bills. I, I think I kind of like the three points here. This just seems like a little sneaky of a game. It seems like a little bit, you know, like you said, a little squarish. You know, a little too easy with the Jets at home minus three. This just seems like a slight little game that the Jets just come out and they just and for some reason they just they just lose to the Bills. I, I just this is just one of those games. I'm not like saying that I love it, but I could see, you know. I like to look at potential matches of week two, you know, kind of going a little against the grain with your picks here. If the Jets lost this week and the Browns won in a big kind of way, you yeah. know, Jet play week two, Monday night at home. You can see a little upset there with the Jets being the Browns. You know, I'm not saying I got a crystal ball in front of me, but this just smells like a little bit of a weird fishy game. And in a weird fishy game, I'd rather have points than give points. So, Give me the Bills plus three if I was taking this side. But, again, I'm passing, and I still wish you the best of luck, as I have Le'Veon Bell on one of my fantasy teams. So I hope he pops off. (laughs) And my final play, I'm going to go to a total. I'll go to U.S. Bank Stadium and play the Vikings and Falcons under 48. Here's what I'm seeing here. We don't know about Julio Jones, right? And and, and I don't know really what's going on there. But uh, if he is – if his status is up in the air, then – you know, you have to immediately think that Atlanta looks to go a little more conservatively. Then you think about Minnesota offensively. Kevin Stefanski in his first year as the first full season as the offensive coordinator. And now they get a fully healthy Dalvin Cook. 
I fully expect Minnesota to try and take some pressure off Kirk Cousins. We know Cousins is not really a big game quarterback. This is a one o'clock Eastern kickoff, so it's not a prime time spot where Cousins really struggles in. But this is one of the better games on the NFL card in week one. And I think that Minnesota is going to want to try and play conservatively and unleash Dalvin Cook, a healthy Dalvin Cook, who they finally get to, you know, have no restrictions on, it feels like. And throw in the fact that both defenses, obviously Minnesota has talented defensive players at all three levels. The defensive unit, Mike Zimmer's a defensive mind. So is Dan Quinn for Atlanta. Um, Even though Minnesota underachieved last year, their defense statistically still graded out pretty well. Atlanta gets a fully healthy defense again. Deion Jones, Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal, guys that weren't there last year. I think both teams, uh, you know, especially if we don't see Julio Jones, I think both teams look to play a little more conservatively here, which makes me go under 48 in Minnesota and Atlanta. Yeah, I, I don't have an opinion there, Greg. Uh, there's definitely two teams that can score a lot, but you did make me, you, you did convince me. You know, I, at first glance, that would be, oh my God, the over, but this could be a defensive, this definitely could be a little bit of a defensive battle, especially, I feel like I tend to notice Minnesota plays better defense at home. I mean, you know, typically exactly. as do, as do, typically as do other teams, but for some reason, I just feel like these North teams, they play they play good de- defense at home. You know, we just saw the Packers-Bears go way under the number. Uh, you know, I, 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 I truthfully have no opinion on that play, but you made me a believer. You made me a believer. All right, so it's good to end on that kind of note. Matt, final word. Anything else you want to get in here uh, before we sign off? Well, I want to get in. You know, I'm happy uh, to start the, start the season off right with a Packers W and upset, you know, and for those of my – fans and Twitter followers out there. I know everyone was wondering, but I'm going to give it an announcement now that it's underway and happy to let everyone know that my 10 unit curtain closer NFL future was actually and is actually the Bears under nine and a half wins for the season. You know, so what better way for me to start the season than my 10 unit curtain closing play? You know, for everyone out there who tailed this play, you know, this is just a wonderful way to start the season losing the first game at home, especially to this Packers team. I also took a Packers in a future to make the playoffs. I took the Packers in a future to make the division. You know, this is just a great game overall. And, oh, yeah, the Bears play the next two on the road. They're at Denver. I'm already looking to play Denver and fade the Bears. Once again, Mitch looked awful. Their defense looked great, but Mitch looked pathetic. It's really tough to win games when you score three points. I don't care how good your defense is. Talk to DeGrom. That's another sport. But he knows the story without scoring. And then they're at, they travel from, you know, they travel all the way from Denver to the East Coast at Washington Monday night. I'm not saying I'm already back in the Redskins, but, you know, it's just not tough to have it come out at home and drop the home game when you're, when this season, you know, they're really expecting to get over the hump they did last year of losing the first game. They won the division. A lot of hype coming into the season. Mitch going to take the next step and to put up three points and lose to the Green Bay Packers in this pathetic fashion. Now to have to travel to Denver, play in the high altitude on a road game, and then have to travel cross country to play a Monday night game against the Redskins. You know, you know how I feel about the Redskins, but hey, any road game in the NFL is not easy. Traveling is not easy. You know, what if they stay? I'm not saying, but I like Denver next week. Starting off 0-2, that's a lot of pressure on a road Monday night game when your team's 0-2 and you were 12-4 last year. So I'm not saying the Bears are done. Their season's not going to spiral. But I'm looking to take the Broncos at a line when it opens next week. And I'm thinking around a pick them. Wow. Already looking ahead to next week. Matt, always a pleasure. 
not even worth running through all our picks because all we did was give out picks. Wishing you the best of luck with your. Play and you can check it. It's pinned, my my picks for the week of my NFL picks are pinned on my on my uh, Twitter profile, and I'll I'll put out my college football picks today or uh, tomorrow morning before the game. So stay tuned. That'll do it for us on Full Slate, a Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. Everyone, enjoy your weekend, and remember to play responsibly.